Welcome back to Grazidi Interactive Podcast. My name is Akanksha Das and I'm a content marketer at Grazidi. This is episode 3 of our podcast series GDPR the Sprint and the Marathon. In our last uh, podcast we talked about an understanding of the eight fundamental individuals rights uh, and awareness of the anomalies of these rights and a discernment of the difference between the right to object and the right to restrict processing and a grasp on why these eight fundamental rights form the core of GDPR now that the enforcement date of the european union general data protection regulation is long gone let's talk about how life has been post may 25th 2018 with me is manali gupta who's a fantastic product marketing specialist and has magical powers when it uh, comes to powering through marketing campaigns hi manali glad you could join in today Hi Kanksha, glad to be here and thank you for having me. Oh well, for this episode it had to be you. It's us marketers after all that GDPR has had a considerable amount of impact on. It's only fair that you and I discuss today's subject marketing life after May 25th, 2018. You're so right about that. So let's go ahead and share our insight around it right away. You got it. So as we've already established, GDPR isn't just light reading. It covers plenty of ground and uh, quite a descriptive one at that. As marketers, we've had to make sure that our marketing practices comply with GDPR and uh, GDPR does impact our marketing efforts in one way or the other. Uh, the inference that I'm drawing right now is that it would affect you too. whether you're a b2b marketer or a b2c marketer regardless of your geographical location exactly this covers the extra territorial scope of the european union gdpr if you want to process the data of european union citizens you are required to be gdpr compliant the pivotal thing to remember is that you need to keep your double opt-in list in order uh-huh and uh, along with that have a provable uh, recorded database that confirms which individual has consented to what kind of communication and when on the surface gdpr seems extreme realistically marketers need to be worried about and stay on guard for three key areas of marketing in the age of gdpr data access data consent and data focus let's break it down shall we kanksha gladly First up as you mentioned is data access. So data erasure or the right to be forgotten amongst all of the European Union citizens is the most talked about directive in GDPR. It gives an individual the liberty to have the data controller erase their personal data or cease further dissemination of the data and potentially have third parties terminate the processing of their data altogether. For instance, for a few organizations, it's already been implemented. Like Google, for example, it was forced to remove pages from its uh, search engine results so as to comply with this right. As a marketer, it's your responsibility to ensure that the customers can easily access their data and that they can withdraw consent for the use of their data as well. and practically speaking this is as easy and straightforward as including an unsubscribe link 
within your email marketing template and linking it to a user profile that allows customers to manage their email preferences. That sounds easy enough, right? But, well, it's easier said than done. Even though it's time-consuming, but reviewing your past campaigns could be a good idea just to determine how many of the emails contained uh, the unsubscribe link. Moving on, the second key area of marketing that marketers need to be worried about is data consent. Ah, the center of the GDPR universe. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So, data consent is about how you manage opt-ins or people that request to receive your marketing material. However, like you discussed in your previous session, Akansha, companies cannot rely upon soft opt-ins or implied consent. Now, for every marketing campaign or promotional stuff that you send to your customers, you have got to get them to express consent in a specific, freely given, informed and unambiguous way. Which is then reinforced in a clear affirmative action. Uh, In essence, this means that whatever stage of your marketing an individual is at, be it a prospect, lead, a customer or an advocate, they physically need to and explicitly need to confirm that they wish to be contacted. You can't just assume consent from your customers, but ensure that you're actively sought after with a written documentation, of course. Opt-ins need to be a deliberate choice for each campaign or promotion. The third area is data focus. As marketing folks, we're all guilty of collecting a little more than we need. From the individual that is, ever since GDPR came to be, we have consciously been asking ourselves what kind of information about a person can we do without. And more often than not, we steer clear of any information that isn't absolutely necessary. Exactly, because with this in mind, uh, GDPR requires you to legally justify the processing of personal data that you collect and uh, data that you store. It's not as appalling as it sounds though, it just means focusing on the must-have information rather than the good-to-know information. It's like having 10 pairs of Manolos and still lusting over another pair of Louboutins. (laughs) What a perfect analogy for it. How relatable for us. So, basically what we mean is just stick to the basics and avoid collecting any unnecessary data. Moving on, let's talk about a big factor that has changed our marketing life, double opt-in. So double opt-in itself is a pretty simple process. You fill a form, you receive an email asking you to confirm if you're interested in receiving marketing or promotional material, and so you do. Sounds simple enough, right? But the challenge is getting people to double opt-in. Big challenge. I think email marketing specialists should ideally offer valuable personalized content in exchange for opt-in consent. What's your take on it, Akansha? What would you suggest that our listeners should do to encourage people to go through the double opt-in process? Uh, Primarily what you just said, Manali. Uh, Also, content marketing comes into action here. If you provide something of value to your customer in exchange for their contact details that they provide you with voluntarily, uh, it's a sure shot clean lead. 
and to establish a reputation of producing high quality content amongst your target audience, open content like uh, blogs or infographics work tremendously well. Uh, but it's best to use gated content to ask for uh, double opt-in details in exchange for uh, more heavy or weighty information like uh, white papers or resource guides or case studies. Also, I think the fastest way to assemble a genuine double opt-in database is waiting for the opt-in consent and details before you put your content out there. I'd recommend doing this through running an email campaign or through a pop-up on your website or off the back of your form on your website. Well said, Manali. Now let's talk about existing databases and lists. Uh, it again boils down to target audience. So if you're a B2C marketer, you can continue to market them if they've double opted in to your communications. And so post May 25th, none of us have been marketing to the ones who've not double opted in. Isn't it, Manali? Oh, God forbid. But when it comes to B2B marketing, there's still a little bit of gray area. The part that GDPR takes us down in B2B marketing is the opt-out legislation rather than opt-in. There has been a considerable amount of discussion whether the e-privacy directive could be amended to get it in sync with GDPR. Oh yes, and until last December, it looked like uh, it would be amended, but in January this year, the first draft of e-privacy directive was published, and um, it's been decided that for B2B marketing, the opt-out position would stay rather than the relentless opt-in position. Yet, nothing is set in stone. As marketers, we need to remember that these drafts may change as well. Exactly. Uh, moving on, Manali, let's quickly touch base on what a practical and doable GDPR checklist for marketers should be. Yes, yes. Without building any ground, let's get right to this checklist. Number one, impact assessment. Determine how GDPR affects you. And quite simply, if you're contacting anyone in the EU, you'd be affected by GDPR, regardless of your geographical location. Number two, an understanding of the fines and penalties. Uh, scary, but they're significant, so always remember them to ensure that you do not get any. Number three, data control systems. Ensure your CRM or marketing automation tool providers have their compliance systems in place too. Number four, check your cookie notices and privacy statements and ensure that they're in sync with GDPR. Number five, get the specifics of your opt-in statement right. Get your legal team to approve it. Should be clear, explicit, and unambiguous. Number six, also get explicit double opt-in consent from the ones uh, with implied consent. Communicate with your customers and explain to them why you need them to go through the double opt-in process. Number seven, Get targeted data list as much as you can and get the maximum number of opt-in to your communication from that lead set. As foolproof as this checklist is, uh, we have another checklist for marketers to be GDPR ready and compliant. An action checklist, if you will. Marketers constantly need to analyze their data processes. 
So number one on this list is how you collect data. That is the double opt-in process. Number two is how you record data. That is documentation to prove receiving consent. Number three is how you store data. That is to ensure the security and privacy of personal data. Number four, how you retrieve data. So that in case you receive a data request, you should be able to provide the individual with that data. And number five is how you disclose data, as in who you share the individual's data with, that is uh, other third-party controllers or processors. Uh, number six is how you erase data. This is an adjacency to the right to be forgotten, uh, that in case uh, you receive a request from the individual to erase their information, you should be in a position to do it. No questions asked. All of this discussion kind of makes us all gloomy and feel like GDPR is our doom. Honestly, on many occasions I've wondered if there could be an upside to GDPR and if we'd ever become stable with our marketing ways or would it always just be a deep and utter chaos. But believe it or not, there are big long-term advantages to GDPR. I completely agree. There are many silver linings in the dark GDPR cloud for us marketers. It seems depressing that all of a sudden you can't do what you used to be able to day in and day out, but rather than sending marketing back to its dark ages, GDPR is in fact a brilliant opportunity to fashion relevant and targeted strategies for people engaged with your brand. Absolutely. Creating a solid opt-in database will give you a stronger understanding of what your customers are really interested in and a deeper insight into their preferences. If you are GDPR compliant, prospects are more likely to do business with you over the companies that are not. Right on. GDPR isn't out to get you. With dark data elimination, there'd be no blame game. Consent and compliance are actually pretty cool. And GDPR is a fantastic incentive for businesses to improve performance and elevate uh, industry standards. It would surely be worth all the time and effort. In the short run, to avoid penalties and fines, and in the long run, to build better and longer customer relationships. Ah, the sprint and the marathon. Exactly. And with that said, care up your marketing team in a way that you glow and where others merely shine. So, are you ready to embrace the new marketing landscape with the most creative and GDPR compliant campaigns? Well, Grazidi would be happy to assist you tackling all this. You could reach us at www.grazidi.com or info at grazidi.com. And Monali, thank you again for joining in today. It was an absolute pleasure. Just as much as it was mine, thank you again for having me, Akansha. You're very welcome. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. And please let us know your questions via comments. For now, this is Akanksha along with Manali signing off. Be sure to stay tuned for our next podcast and another interesting insight around marketing. Until next time, ciao! ciao.